0: you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. So, like I said, Chris contacted me earlier this week and said, hey CJ, I may not be able to make it back. Uh, Is there a sermon that you have given to the students that you can pull out And preach this Sunday. And so I kind of looked over what I had preached in the past. And last May, I preached a sermon that, that really went along with what we're talking about, that really went along with this series. What on earth am I here for? And last May, uh, we're headed into the summer and, and I wanted to give the students two things for them to remember. It was a two week series, really quick. Uh, the first thing I wanted them to remember is simply this. They're loved that they are loved, that that God loves them, that we love them. And, and I wanted them to hear uh, above all else that they are loved. The second thing I wanted them to remember as they head throughout the summer, and this is what I'm going to be sharing with you guys this morning, is simply this. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. What on earth are we here for? We are here to serve our purpose. And the truth is, That you have a purpose. I brought with me this morning uh, our favorite garden tool. I like using visual aids from time to time. Does anybody know what this is? Anybody? Besides my family. All right, this is a broad fork. So this is one of our favorite tools. It serves a very specific purpose uh, but before I get into what this, what purpose this serves, I have to, uh, talk to you guys a little bit about soil properties. All right. So hang with me for just a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit, uh, more in depth about soil properties. So many of you know there are multiple layers of soil. You've got the humus and the topsoil and the subsoil. These, these top three layers is where most of the life in the soil is found. This is where the nutrition comes, where the plants get the nutrition from their roots. And, and the cool thing about these three layers is we recognize that it, you find worms, and the worms dig holes, which allow water and nutrients to flow to the roots. But these top three layers have way more than just worms in them. There are millions of life-giving microbes and fungi and, uh, and other biological, um, I just lost the word, uh, nematodes uh, that, that bring life to plants. And so, and so uh, the plants dig down and they get the life from these top three layers. Now, here's why I'm telling you all about soil properties, because over the course of my life, I have done two, types of gardening that are drastically different. The first type is the type I'd always grown up doing and I had done until just a few years ago, and that was this. When I would go to plant a garden, I would go out and I would borrow my dad's big rototiller. And I would go out and I would till 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 until there was this nice, soft, powdery dirt that I could plant my plants in, and it was beautiful, and it was gorgeous. And Kirsten and I, a few years back, started getting more into gardening and more into how to garden the, the best way and, uh, or the, to work along with the way that earth was created. Uh, and, and we learned something that completely and radically blew my mind. It's this. That when we till the garden, three things happen that don't give our plants the best start that they could possibly have. First of all, when you till the garden, you're taking all of that harder soil that's been compacted, that's down underneath the, the top layers of soil, and you're bringing it to the top. And so you're bringing all this harder soil that's less healthy up to the top, and you're taking all of the healthy stuff, all of this stuff that's going to help your plants grow, and you're shoving it down under the soil. And so what happens is these top two layers, they suddenly, the next year, become compacted. And so your soil over time becomes less and less healthy. Second thing that we learned was this. All those millions of life-giving biomes and microbes and earthworms they either die or their homes are completely destroyed. And so while they should be giving life and nutrients to your plants, they are too busy either being dead or rebuilding their homes to give the life that you want your plants to have. And the third thing that happens is there are seeds from years and years and years past that get buried underneath the layers of soil. Now those seeds, this blew my mind, they can survive years just sitting under the soil. They don't grow because the sun can't get to them for them to germinate. They just sit there waiting. And when I would turn the soil over and over and over and over, I would pop those seeds up to the surface. And those weeds that wouldn't have grown are suddenly on the surface and they germinate and they grow. And so by tilling the soil, I was bringing up dirt that was less healthy I was inviting weeds into my garden, and I was killing all of the healthy things that were going to help my plants grow. Enter the broad fork. This thing right here is a way that you can till your garden without disturbing the life-giving layers that are already present in your garden. And so what you do is you stand on this and you kind of wiggle it back and forth, and then once it's all the way down in the ground, you pull back on it, and it creates space under the soil, and then you move it back like six inches, and you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Now, here's the deal. Can you grow an incredible, healthy, life-giving garden using a rototiller? Absolutely. I've done it for years. Many of you do it every single year. Is it easier with a rototiller? absolutely. This takes a whole lot of work. But Kirsten and I made the decision that we were going to try to work within the layers that were already present in our garden, and we were going to start using a broad fork. Now, why am I explaining broad forks? That will come back in, I promise, so just hang with me. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus And he says this. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love this verse. Paul makes two huge claims in this verse that I think we need to internalize and we need to live in our lives. The first big claim is this, we are saved by grace. Now, when we read this verse, and I've read this verse for years and I've heard this verse for years, you're saved by grace. It's not your own doing. it's, It's all of Jesus. I think there are two lines of thought that we can follow coming off of this verse. The line of thought that most often is followed, that I have followed uh, in in my past is this, is that I'm saved by grace. There's nothing I can do because I'm a sinner. I have sinned. I am awful. I am undeserving of the grace that God has given me. And while that's true, while that's true, I think there is a danger in that line of thought. Because... Here's what I think. I think God never intended for us to have our value determined by our sin. And I think when we start down this path of, I'm a sinner, I never even deserved to be saved in the first place, we are placing value on ourselves based on our sin. And I think what Paul was saying was, you are saved by grace. So while you may be a sinner... Your value is not placed on you because of your sin. Your value is placed on you because Jesus thought you were valuable enough to save you. Let that sink in for a moment. Your value is not decided by you. Your value was decided long before you were ever created when God said, yeah, I'm going to save that person. I want them. So our value is not determined by our sin. Our value is determined by grace. And when Paul says you are saved by grace, it should be one of those things where you step away from it and you're like, holy cow, I'm awesome. I am valuable. I hold purpose and I hold value. Here's the thing. This broad fork, uh, it is by far the most expensive hand tool we have ever owned. A couple Christmases ago, Kirsten and I were like, we don't want, from my parents, we don't want any Christmas presents, we just want a broad fork. That's it. That's all we want. And it serves a, a, a very valuable purpose, and we saw that in the future, this broad fork was going to serve a purpose. But guess what? When we got this broad fork, we decided to get a broad fork, we didn't walk up to it and say, all right, do something. Do something. Show me what you got. Show me what you can do. Do a little dance. No, you know why we got this broad fork? Because it's broad fork. And we saw what it was going to do. And I think so often when we think about Jesus and we think about grace, we think we have to do a little dance. We think we have to be good enough. We think we have to say, all right, God, I've sinned and I know I'm a sinner. And, and hear me, there is room for improvement. We should recognize our sin. We should always improve. But, but I think so often we get caught in this trap of, all right, God, I, I know I got I to gotta say the right thing. I've got to make up for what I've done. And God is sitting up in heaven going, no, you're you. I saved you because you're you. I saved you because I see what you are going to do. And you are worth every bit of blood that my son gave. Kirsten and I don't regret for a minute giving up every single Christmas present to get one broad fork. And God does not regret for a minute giving up his son to get you. And so Paul is saying in this, you are valuable. You are saved by grace. Live that out, live that value out in your life. The second thing Paul is saying is this. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You see, when God looks at you, he says, I find value in you because you're you and I see the purpose that you are going to hold. I see what you are going to do for my kingdom. I love what it says in Ephesians. If you read this second half of the verse, it says this. It's a gift of God that no man may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I love this. This term walk actually means habit. It's something you do over and over and over and over and over. And and so when you think about your purpose, this should be something that we are doing over and over and over and over, almost daily. And see, so often when I think about purpose, I think, all right, I got to go live out my purpose. I'm going to go flip everything upside down. I'm going to go make a huge difference. I'm going to make sure that I'm, I, I do something so big I'm noticed. I, I'm going to change the way people think. I'm going to change the way the culture works. I'm going to go out. I'm going to make this huge difference. And you know what happens? We go out. We try to flip things over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. Paul is saying, maybe God's already prepared your purpose. Maybe we don't have to go out and flip things over and over and over again. Paul says, God has prepared this beforehand that you should walk in it. So when you leave these doors today, guess what? And you go out to your lunches, you're living your purpose. You see, God has is, God is prepared a purpose for you that you're already living. And so often I think we make it too difficult to figure out our purpose. The big question is, how do I find my purpose? I can't answer that. But I can tell you this. I can tell you that God is preparing a purpose for you. And so often we feel like we have to flip everything over. And really what God is saying, he's saying, listen, you go out, and you live the life that you're living. I've placed you there for a reason. I've saved you for a reason. Those relationships you're in, the people you hang out with, the jobs you work at, the volunteer work that you do, the things that you do on a daily basis, I have placed you there for your purpose. And all you have to do is dig into the layers that are already there. Dig into the life that is already surrounding you, and you just kind of pull back just a little bit and make some space for me. You see, when you go out to lunch after church, you dig in to the conversations you're going to have, to the waiters and the waitresses you're going to the meet, to meet the people you're going to come in contact with. That is your purpose. And you dig in and you show love and you pull back and you just make a little bit of space for God to work. When you go to your jobs, you dig in with your coworkers and the life that's already there. When you hang out with friends, you dig into those relationships. When you go out and you do the things that you're good at and the things that you love, you dig into those things and you just, you just dig in as far as you can and then you pull back. You see, God's already prepared a purpose for you. The life is already there. We don't have to flip everything upside down and turn everything inside out to live our purpose. God's already prepared in advance the purpose for us to live. As you walk out these doors today, you have a purpose. And God has already prepared the people you are going to come into contact with and the conversations you're going to have, the phone calls you're going to make. God has prepared your week this week. We don't have to have control. We don't have to create something huge. We just have to live in the life that God has already given us to live and make space for him in relationships so that he can change people's lives. You have a purpose. And when we ask the question, what on earth am I here for? You're here in the spot that you are with the relationships that you have for a purpose, to live God's purpose, to go out and dig into that life that you're living and make just enough space for him that he can work. And so every week when I speak to students, I like to give a practical challenge because I think so often we come into places like this. We come in to places like Worship Uncoiled, and and we sit, and it's a great service, and it's awesome worship, and it's absolutely incredible. And then we walk out, and we're kind of left saying, What's next? That was awesome, but where do I go from here? And so I want to, I want to give you guys a really practical challenge that you can just kind of dig into this week. And it's, it's simply this. God's already created a purpose for you. You have a purpose. You are saved for a purpose. It's the reason you were placed on this earth in your community in the year 2022. So what I want you to do this week is simply write down two areas that God has already given you that is your purpose. Maybe for you, you're like, wow, I never ever thought my purpose on this earth could be being the parent that I am to my kids. I never thought for a moment that the purpose that I'm here here on this earth is to be married to my spouse. I never thought for a moment that the purpose that I'm here on this earth is to be in my friendship circle that I'm in or to do this gift that I do so incredibly well. And maybe for you, we just need to simplify it down and say, all right, here's two things. Here's two things God has already given me. I don't have to go searching for some giant, huge purpose. God's given me these two things right here that I'm already living that is my purpose. I just have to dig in to the life that God's already given me and pull back and make space for him. So this week, I encourage you to write down two areas that you already know that you're living that God has gifted you with for a purpose. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, God, that you would trust us to be a part of your story. Thank you, God, for uh, creating us to have a purpose. God, I thank you for uh, making our purpose something that uh, you've already placed before us. God, that you have already planned. God, I pray that as we go from here, that we would truly live your purpose out. God, that we would walk in the ways that you have placed before us. And that we would be the people that go and change this world for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.